0: Hi everybody, my name is Brendan Malone and you're listening to The Dispatches Podcast. Every single Friday from the end of December until the start of February, we're giving you the chance to sample just some of the awesome subscriber-only podcast content that our $5 monthly patrons have been exclusively enjoying over the past 12 months. If you like what you hear in this episode and you want more of it, then all you need to do is become a patron of The Dispatches with $5 or more per month at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Or, even easier, you can just click on the link in today's show notes and sign up that way. All of our subscriber-only episodes of The Dispatches podcast are now available on Spotify as well, which makes the listening even easier. One more quick thing before we start this free episode of The Dispatches. In 2024, we're going to be launching an awesome new website called The Forge. The Forge is an online platform that will offer lots of new, high-quality video, audio, and live stream content to help you shape your life and your intellect in the fires of goodness, truth, and beauty. The website is still being built, but there is a splash page that is live right now, so head on over to theforge.org.nz and leave your email address so that you can be the first to know when the forge is live and the fires have been lit. The link is in today's show notes. Right, without any further ado, let's jump into this free edition of the Dispatchers podcast. And until next time, don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Conservations, the podcast which got its name by literally combining the words conservative and conversations, which is exactly what happens on this show every month. Each episode, we host a conversation with at least one other guest where we go in-depth on a topic or hear about their experiences on this journey we all share together called life. The aim of this show is to foster and promote dialogue which cultivates goodness, truth and beauty and in doing so, unpacks the richness of the authentic conservative tradition. My hope is that you'll find these conservative conversations intellectually engaging and enriching and that they will draw you ever more deeply into an authentic, truly flourishing and more meaningfully lived human experience. In this month's episode we're going to be talking with dr peter holmes and dean mischewski about the topic of masculinity dean is a theologian and communicator from new zealand he is married to julie and is the father of nine children he works full-time in management in the new zealand electronics industry and he has a bachelor's degree in manufacturing engineering along with a master's degree in theology he enjoys studying the intersection of christian apologetics church history scripture science and philosophy and has been active as a communicator in the space for more than 25 years now. Dean is also an athlete. His sporting interests include canoe polo, where he represented New Zealand at two world championships, functional fitness, where he has competed internationally as a master's athlete, powerlifting, and historical European martial arts. Dr Peter Holmes is a theologian and university lecturer from Australia. He is the married father of eight children and one grandchild. He has a Bachelor of Theology, a Graduate Diploma of Ministry, a Master's Degree in Theology, a Graduate Diploma in Theology specialising in Marriage and Family, and a PhD in the Theology of Masculinity. He was trained and served as a Lutheran minister before working in counselling, consulting and teaching roles within the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne and Sydney. Since 2007, Peter has lectured in Scripture, Theology and Biblical Languages. So without any further ado, let's have this month's profoundly important conservative conversation, which I have rather cheekily titled, What is a Man? I have with me today, uh, are you a doctor yet, Peter? Yep. Wow. Yeah, about a year now. Wow, so um, can you check my foot for me later on?
1: <laughs> As somebody said in the comedy once, I'm a doctor but not the kind that's any
0: use. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're Dr. Peter uh, Holmes now? Yeah, oh, that's right. Yep. Elementary, my dear Watson. In, tell, tell us about what you're a doctor in then.
1: Uh, in theology, yeah. um, in specifically, it's a mix of theological anthropology and moral theology. So it's, it's is there a Catholic theology of masculinity? And then what are the theological implications of that for daily life? Like, what does it look like in daily life? So I wanted to write something useful, and I wrote a PhD, which is a contradiction Uh in terms. (laughs) But hopefully I've learned something that I can share.
0: Yeah, awesome. And uh, sitting across from you in the other chair, three blokes in a room together, this could get quite messy. What could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? Uh, Dean Mischewski, you're not a doctor yet. Uh, doctor of CrossFit, maybe um, But uh, you've literally just walked in the door from a 6K row, is it? 2K, 2K. Two, Sorry, 2K This yeah. is typical male yeah. story It's getting exaggerated <laughs> get every yeah. five minutes wait, wait
1: till the end of the podcast It'll get longer tell my time
0: Now, Dean, you are a Oh, try and avoid knocking the mic stand Sorry, there, Dean. No, you're <laughs> right fly. Uh, Dean, Dean is a uh, um, Masters in yeah. Theology got, Yeah, an MA in Theology Yeah, yep. MA in Theology uh, Well known around New Zealand uh, in apologetic circles uh, a good man, husband, father. You were captain and coach of the canoe polo team. Oh yeah, at okay. different times, and, yeah. and you you won the world
2: champs. No, I'd right? I, I, I like that legend to, to hold, but no, no, oh. we didn't win. The um, but yeah, I, was, I played. Did you come
0: second at least? No. <laughs> oh, come on, mate! I've <laughs> no, been telling no, people no, the yeah. wrong story. <laughs> That's all right. Years. I mean,
2: we can build that reputation. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I competed at a couple of world championships as a player and yeah. um, coached coached masters um, mm. as a player coach. Uh, Against Australia, actually. Um, I hope you beat. Yeah, yeah, we did.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So I like the canoe polo, yeah.
0: And uh, Peter, you're a father, obviously, husband as well.
1: I am, yes, a husband uh, of Susan and father of eight kids. Um, Very special four of each, and uh, um, one of them's here at Hearts, actually.
0: Oh, that's awesome. What a gift. Well, chaps, let's just jump straight into it, shall we? And I think a topic that really shouldn't be, but has become so... Controversial, probably because of politicization, I think, primarily. But on the one side, I really have a great sense of trepidation, particularly for my son as he grows. And for a lot of young men, trying to navigate the absolute, I don't know, the gauntlet of what is masculinity, what does it mean to be a man in the world? And it seems on one side, you've got these sort of influences like the, the, I guess the old school promiscuous male, you know, get as many female trophies as you can. And that's what makes you a man or the sort of perhaps thuggish type excesses, the barbarism of of, of masculinity or the macho sort of excess, if you like, Uh, the new phenomenon of incels, you know, involuntary <laughs> celibates, and and they're very hostile often the way they speak about females. It's kind of a real tragic um, nihilism and pessimism to it. And then on the flip side, you've got the 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 men who uh, feel like almost like masculinity traitors. My, my my masculinity is my original sin, and and I'm sorry for every man in the world. And and then on top of all of that, as if that wasn't enough, it's, it feels like a lot of the men who have run the gauntlet, our age and older. I feel lucky enough to have run the gauntlet already with a good dad pretty simple kind of guy and i'm married with kids of my own now um but a lot of those guys for whatever reason aren't they feel like silent maybe they're a bit embarrassed themselves they don't know maybe they feel they should be sorry for the masculinity so they don't speak up as much there's not much mentoring happening hmm. and it just feels today that it's a, a heck of a challenge to be a bloke is that a fair assessment
1: i would say so in uh even some well, we'd like to think we're balanced and everyone thinks they're the middle of the road oh absolutely whenever yeah. when, when yeah. you ask someone they're all oh, middle of the road and everyone else left or right of me is extreme yeah. but um, I've been kicked out of theological conferences because I am oppressing people before I've opened my mouth because wow. I, I'm a male yeah. um, I've and
0: so that actually happened to you oh absolutely wow. Yeah.
1: i <laughs> That's Not the only conference I've been <laughs> kicked out of before yeah. I said anything, but um, yeah. but yes, it happens, and there is a presumption that um, it has to be said often it comes from a place of deep hurt where someone's been hurt by a very poor example of masculinity,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and it also has to be said that even good men have failed to to stand up against that and call it out and say no you may not treat women this way you may not treat children this way you can't be that kind of parent because we've had such a private um, focus on family in the western world that we haven't really held each other accountable in the same way now i can't speak to other cultures but there's there we have to admit that there's been a problem there and when people are that hurt of course they back off from men and then and we make this mistake, and I think it's a trick of the devil actually to pit two goods against each other. Yeah, and and where one has, like, the, if I can take a step back and say that the solution for something being abused is not to get rid of it but to do it right. Yeah, so the solution to a bad father is train good fathers, yeah, you know, the solution to infidelity is to is fidelity. Yeah. And it but it seems like everyone just wants to throw out everything that doesn't work, and it's true you The stereotypes you mentioned aren't stereotypes for for a random reason there there's a lot of guys in my childhood when I grew up were living exactly that way um and we didn't call them out and um maybe it's time for us to make a stand on that and and actually start holding ourselves to standards so
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: um i mean one of the things I realized sort of early in my parenting career um <laughs> was Man, I need to get in touch with my parents and say thank you, right? <laughs> yes. I didn't realize—I um, didn't realize just the the sheer commitment that was involved until you have mm. to start doing it yourself. Um, but also, just reflecting what you've been saying there and the the example that I had from my dad, um, without me realizing it, set me up on a less um, less dangerous trajectory than a lot of people have yeah. f- sort of found themselves on through no fault of their own. And it's only later that you that I've come to realize that. Um, but I definitely agree. If you if you take all the little all the elements of um, wrongness that Brendan was enumerating before, if you take them all away, there's nothing left, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so it's, it's like you're saying, Peter, the, um, yes, very much so. The, the answer to the problems is just undo the problems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, think, I think most people have a vision of what a good, I was going to say good manhood, but I think, I think fatherhood is to drill down as the key to it, right? Most people have an ideal or, or, or a sort of some sort of mental picture of a, yeah. a great dad.
1: Yeah.
0: No. Well, well is that a factor yeah. then That, that if, if father is And I, th- I think fatherhood is essential It's a very civilising agent mm. Marriage and oh, really having kids Is a civilising agent 100%. The most effective ordinary means Of civilising a man is is to make him a father of children. Yeah, yeah, and civilise the man, you civilise the culture. Now, the the, the question is then, (laughs) has the loss of fatherhood, the fact that a lot of men aren't getting married, there's a lot of promiscuity, there's a lot less children being born in the world, is that a factor then when we think about we've got more single men who just sort of don't know what to do with themselves if you keep being single?
1: Yeah, I'd say that's definitely a problem, but I think part of the problem began before that. There are a lot of men in the position of fatherhood who didn't actually father. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of absent fathers we call them now, or mm-hmm. or even just emotionally absent yeah, fathers. Yeah, yeah, Like there's physically present but not really. present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and there was a culture of dr- driven men mm-hmm. who were taught, even by churches, that the way you're a good father is that you work till you die mm-hmm. and provide money for your family, kind of thing, or a good home or something. Uh, and we didn't emphasise the other, the relational elements of it, and the moral education, and and the good example um and so young kids grew up and it wasn't such a big deal when they were surrounded by other men and the church teach them and everything but now the social media and movies and mm. you know you can't learn masculinity from john wayne or bruce willis or i'm trying to think about you're model. dating yourself man. Was yeah so, i am i'm thinking the same
2: the same people we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we are dating ourselves but no you can't hollywood as a whole i mean their objective is not to help people get to heaven right mm. their their objective is to i don't know sell beer and shampoo or whatever yes right um um, and with perhaps some other, some other um, smuggling, some other ideologies, while they're at it, you know. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe their ideal is not to sell beer and shampoo because they do. They've been doing a lot of stuff lately that is <laughs> <laughs> that is n- not appealing to anyone.
1: You know, go woke, go broke. Well, I, uh, I, I'm going to push back on you a little bit there. So I think I think that that our whole system, the capitalist system, means that everything's about the money because the people invest; they don't care about anything except getting more money back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But someone has convinced them that woke things make oh, yeah, money yeah. and what i'm hoping that they're doing right now is realizing actually this stuff doesn't sell yeah and that and uh, you know you watch some movies like the fact that for example mavericks is just blowing that's box right. office records yeah. out of the way and it's about as cliche as you can get from the yeah. old school movies thoroughly enjoyable by the yeah, way Yeah, that's great <laughs> great film. but um but yeah it was um i i think they're slowly learning they so they did the same by the way with the passion they said to Mel Gibson, he was never going to sell that. It's never going to get anywhere. Yeah. And when it blitzed, a wave of kind of semi-religious movies came out trying to get into the market. Yeah. But unless you're there, unless you're real, it doesn't work.
0: Well, I think it's interesting. Even uh, the latest Avatar movie, Avatar 2, a lot of reviewers have said it's actually quite refreshing because it's a strong father-led Family. He's trying to keep his family safe. These little blue aliens, of course. But and there's lots of cheesiness. But a lot of people said that was actually quite a positive distinction they saw. Mm. Um and, and speaking of, because you mentioned John Wayne and mm. uh, Bruce Willis, I don't know if I'd put those two on a par. But I, I wonder if there's a balance here in a sense. I, I, I remember my life. My father was a big fan of the western, and right. I have developed that uh, sort of love of westerns myself. And I see. I know a lot of modern commentators have sort of critiqued the 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 sort of the um, the the John Wayne image of masculinity, but I toxic sense, masculinity, as you yeah, get yeah it, isn't and I, I feel <laughs> you know I feel like there's a bit of a balance there. You, you don't want to be a man who doesn't know how to understand his interior life and express that when it needs yes. to be. But there is also a certain um, well, as men, we just got to get on with um, you know protecting, nurturing, doing hmm. the hard business for our families. There's always like a balance, and I, I feel like we're throwing it all out of kilter, it's, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're getting a little bit into into a, this is not anything to do with my studies. It just <laughs> I think that some movies sell because deep down in all of the men, there's still that little boy who thinks when he's looking at something, you know, if the super spy thing happened, I reckon I could handle yeah. myself. Yeah. And you, you want to feel like you yeah, could yeah. be that hero. Mm. And I think in, in part, I mean, as you said, John Wayne's got some toxic stuff attached to him especially the way he deals with women in his movies yeah that's right yeah. But, but having said that we've almost lost the good guys, bad guys genre, and we're not even thinking of ourselves as potential good guys anymore, and that's actually a bit of a tragedy. Mm, yeah. So Bruce Willis is this broken down, yeah. like he plays this sort of stereotypical broken down, <laughs> completely wrecked person. He's normally so- divorced too, yes. right, in most movies, right? Or, 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 yeah. yeah, or wrecking his relationships, but just happens to be violent yeah. enough to get stop the bad guy's plans. And it's almost like the bar for... You know, our aim to masculinity has come way down to that sort yeah, of yep. level.
0: Yep. It's almost Nietzschean, too, right? He's the strong man who doesn't really put virtue as a priority, and and he also doesn't really care. There's no, <laughs> it's not like virtuous. He's like, you know, come to come to LA, John. You know, you have a good time. He's like, he's like, and here he is trying to stop terrorists, but he doesn't really want to be there. Yeah. There's no sense of I have a virtuous heroic quest. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's very odd in that way, right? It is odd. Yeah.
2: I, I want to um, hmm. just stand up for John Wayne just a second. Like, <laughs> I, I, only in the sense that when I when I say is as toxic as they come kind of thing, I mean that with tongue in cheek because like that is the stereotype of toxic masculinity. Who's um, yeah. you know? But there's a you know, like you say, the um, representation we get in the classic western is is not perhaps your perfect ideal of manhood. But there's a lot of good stuff in there, and that's hmm.
1: that's why it was such a was such a genre. Right, you know, it, well, it definitely appealed. No, lots of boys
2: play cowboys and idiots, right? That's <laughs> yeah. right.
1: And nothing sells unless it's triggering into something that we deeply yearn for. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is a worry looking at the modern movie. But, yeah, heck yeah. But having said that, um, there's still something like um, when they like the Matrix. There's still something in being the one, They're the one yeah. who can actually save the day. There's still all of that sort of stuff there, which sells big, you know, big money. Yeah. So I think Hollywood still tries to tap in and they try to – they're still nodding in the direction of political correctness and all that sort of stuff. But I think that's a commercial – yeah, personal yeah. reading.
0: Yeah, I agree. How, um, have either of you read Cormac McCarthy's *The Road* or watched the film adaptation of it? No, I started
2: reading it. I found it really depressing. Oh, I mean, it <laughs> is so a hard bleak. read. So but bleak. It,
0: I mean, if you look, if you know Cormac McCarthy, that's his. <laughs> he does bleak <laughs> like no one else. Um, but but yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, I love both the book. I couldn't put it down when I started reading it, and the film adaption is very faithful to the book. And it's, I think it's, uh, interestingly, it's been one of the better um, sort of grapplings with masculinity. The, the protagonist is just called the father. His son is just called the boy. They never name them. Yeah. And the whole thing is a journey in a post-apocalyptic world where he's trying to teach his son virtue and bring him to safety before he dies. It's a beautiful metaphor with a lot of darkness in it, of course. But it, it, it's sort of interesting. We don't really get that deep grappling, I don't think, much more with with masculinity and what it means. I mean, even I think John Wayne, to a degree, was sort of trying to present an idea about what men should be. It feels like we don't even do that anymore, mm. in a sense. There
1: are some glimpses, Aaron, because in one of my lectures I say, I ask the students, name a sitcom or a drama series where there's a strong... Um, moral father figure Mm. and most of them they're the butt of the joke right Yep. so they're the the fool and the wife is the strong moral figure but a couple of them have pointed out places in movies like for example in the debatably (laughs) rated superman movie kevin costner plays the father like the the human father of um superman and there's a scene where he um spoiler alert by the way switch off if you haven't watched it but (laughs) the scene where he's about to die and Instead of, for some reason, Superman can't be revealed at this point or something, but he actually deliberately stops Mm. him from saving him and therefore sacrifices his own life for the sake of what Superman will do for the rest of the world. It's Mm. a very strong self-sacrificing kind of fatherhood, and Mm. uh, it's it's difficult to find that, but it's there. Yeah, I'll throw another one in
2: there, A Quiet Place.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's beautiful, beautiful. And it's about family, isn't it? The world is saved by a family which emits its own frequency, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the father... Yeah, the you know there's that sacrificial element to yeah. it. Can't say too much more, but um, yeah. but it's very powerful.
0: Yeah, that is a great. Have you seen that? No, I oh, haven't. Oh gosh, no. it's good. It's it's a sort of thriller with some scary monsters. So not for young kids, but mm. phenomenal. And the the whole protect the family at all costs. Yeah, right? and, and it's so. communities of families. <laughs> yeah, there's these aliens that have invaded Earth, and any sound they're attracted to, so you can't make sound because I hear you. And they're bringing a brand new baby into the world, oh. and they're planning for this. And they've got a daughter who's deaf, and he's the father is constantly working on her little cochlear ear implants. And they start with tragedy; they lose a son, right? Who has a they've, they've laid sand paths all the way to the store. They're one of the only humans left, and the the son finds batteries and puts them in a kids toy and on the way back presses the button and that's where it starts but there's this beautiful scene where they go up each night on top of these like um i guess they're like corn silos and they light a fire and other fires light up around the district these families are trying to live the same it's quite a beautiful film and um john krasinski and uh emily blunt the husband and wife who actually right. they both star in and made the movie yeah. it's a very beautiful depiction of wow. of family but yeah it's not normal right is it that that um that even even that 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 uh, imagery you talked about in Superman they go back to it subsequently where he see has that vision of his father and future when he needs advice you mm. know, what would my dad do it's interesting
1: that I mean that it sort of passes by and you can still see someone's still got it in their life. But I wonder if the the brokenness that's expressed in movies is reflective of the fact that a a fairly significant proportion of us now are growing up with broken families or at least aware of brokenness out there. And so the appeal comes from identifying with the characters. The trouble is, is that I don't think that repeating... The cycle of brokenness yeah. is is actually helping us work through it. No, it seems a little counterproductive. Yeah. I, I think it, it's
2: entirely possible. I'm just speculating, but um, in the Hollywood scene, uh, in, in like you know California, Los Angeles, whatever, then I think the proportion of non nuclear family kind of structure is probably higher. So if you're a screenwriter or a producer or mm. a showrunner or whatever, yep, then uh, chances are you've had personal experience of
1: that. So y- your own experience is going to get reflected, perhaps, in what mm. you what you produce or support. I, w- I watched one called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's not it's not a guy's night out sort of pizza thing but it's you know i don't know if you ever knew about the american tv guy mr rogers Rogers, yeah, yeah yeah mr Rogers, and yeah. tom hanks plays this guy right. yeah. and um that's got a really powerful story of fatherhood yeah. in it um the reporter who comes to him is a broken man broken relationship with his father yeah. and tom hanks brings the mr rogers kind of gentleness to the situation yeah. and in the end that the, the um, no spoilers but the relationship between the son and the father is brought into the circle of the movie and it's it's you know it's heart it's heartwarming and heartrending in in various ways yeah
0: i'll tell you a really beautiful depiction of masculinity that because often they do relate to fatherhood right it's a father doing something or someone discovering fatherhood or you know it being nurtured by it in some way and then they find their redemption but this one was a little bit different it's it's called the way back it's uh Based on an account that may or may not be true right. um, of a guy who supposedly escaped from one of the Soviet gulags, they don't mention Alexander Solzhenitsyn, but it's clear a uh, Peter Weir made it Australian right. film. Okay. It's clear he he knows Solzhenitsyn because they talk about the fact that once they've escaped, they must never go back to the lie. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn was live not by lies, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So you must never live the lie again. And the whole redemption arc is them they escape from the gulag and they really are selfish survival of the fittest type, they, because it's a gulag. Yeah. It's awful. Yep. And what happens, though, is they on the journey, not long after they've escaped, they end up picking up the straggler who joins them, who wasn't in the gulag, and it's a female. And it's this group of men and this young female, and uh, sadly, look, I'm spoiler alert here, but, yeah. but she dies on their journey. They're running out of food and stuff like that. And these men, in their tender care for this young girl, and they bury her and they care for they nurse her as she's dying, that the redemption comes through. It's 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 a profound depiction of the way the feminine genius right. can really transform masculinity. It's, it call, it it's calls so it out beautiful. of them. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a nice segue, man, because that that's what builds culture, right? Is yeah. the beautiful complementarity, yeah, you know, man and woman calling, you know, and like you say, Peter, the 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 female calling the best, yeah. of the man,
1: demanding sometimes Dem- yeah, actually a yeah. lot yeah. in marriage, yeah. really. Yeah, <laughs> uh, can yeah. I perhaps tease that out a bit? Because we, yeah. we'll come back to the feminine masculine complementarity in a sec. Mm. But I'll just ask you, gents, do you think your, uh, your approach to this question of masculinity changed? Well, let me say, it changed for me the moment I held my first child. Yeah. Uh, I had lots of theories and none of them changed. It's just that I had a whole different perspective. I had lots of arguments about abortion, etc., until I saw the first ultrasound of my own son. (laughs) That makes it real. Holy moly, that makes it real. Yeah. So you you know what I'm saying? There's a visceral thing that happens.
0: I've told my daughter that. In fact, I often speak publicly about that. I've got a presentation I often get asked to give in high schools about sexuality and, you know, uh, uh, the tr- truth and, and love and human sexuality what does that all mean and I tell the story of having my daughter and my eldest daughter when I held her in my arms and she knows this I often say this to her you were the one who made me a father the others i love them but you were the one who made me a father and and i held my daughter in my arms and i just knew in that instant everything had changed Mm. it was hard to quantify it was a very it's it's deep it's surreal and i just knew that moment was yeah i'm Mm. with you there it's an
2: interesting question to think about because like certainly things change i I don't think my sort of general opinions kind of changed but just the just the reality come crashing yeah. down, and, and there's a responsibility here that was only theoretical before. And like I say, um, very very quickly, I was like, man, I need to say thanks to Dad. Yep, yep, yep yeah. yeah, and, and Mum. <laughs> but you know, in in our context here, for for um for everything that they sacrificed, and me, not just thanks, like, but um
0: yeah. help. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. one way I noticed a big change for me actually came a few years later. Uh, I've always been a bit of an amateur cinephile, and I've enjoyed movies, and I was watching um, Denis Villeneuve's film uh, Prisoners, and it's about two girls that are kidnapped, at Thanksgiving Day, I think it is, and uh, Hugh Jackman's one father, and there's another dad, and it's about how they respond to it. And I like all of a sudden, a film like that, because i got four daughters I, I i really found that hard to to watch And all of yeah. a sudden it was like my kids were in that context I'd never yeah. been like that before
1: i had the same with the movie ransom with yeah. um, mel gibson yeah. I, I it was an intensely good movie i'll never watch it again yeah never because <laughs> yeah. it was so close to home yeah and he's he, the way he portrayed the emotions was exactly how i would be you know i was all very rational and i've got lots of um theories about fatherly protection but you mess with my kids yeah. and the beast you know it starts yeah. to rise and that's when the catholic moral teaching has to come in quite carefully <laughs> so that i respond proportionally yeah. i've just recently um been very blessed to become a grandfather um awesome. so congratulations thank you <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, my partner was relatively small <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's all part of building the legacy yeah, 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 that's right. but um it's funny i still have an eight-year-old so it's not so long ago that we were holding babies but holding my grandson in my arms was a delight but not mm. it didn't feel terribly strange watching my son be a dad <laughs> yes. wow just choked tro- <laughs> like everything i felt the whole body kind of just respond to that in a yeah. an emotional way and just i didn't know how to like it was a really really powerful moment just watching and watched him his mannerism and thinking that's exactly how i do it yeah it's not always the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was just so powerful and realising how much It's a beautiful um, thought. Yeah.
0: Cause you've got a son Dean who's about to get about married. About to get married, the yeah. Just a few weeks. Yeah. Child to be married. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's uh it's like I say, it's 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 another dose of uh, or a different flavour of reality kind of yeah. washing over us. Um yeah, another son getting married soon. A daughter who's also just recently got engaged. So um Mm, interesting times. The um, I was also thinking, Brendan, we've got three guys in the room here who all have four daughters. How, <laughs> how, 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 yeah. how, what are the chances? <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Uh, interesting scenario. Yes. So, gentlemen out there, yeah. be very yeah. careful.
0: Yeah. Well, well here's, listen. This, this raises an interesting. Well, we've got a listen carefully. Yeah. Um, my, That's I, almost I, a stereotype, though. Right, you know, well, so, it's not yeah. a stereotype. <laughs> you know, I'm actually firearms yeah. licensed owner, so you know, and my girls know that. But this is an interesting point. Um, in the same way that we don't really have, like we have a, you might have heard the old analogy. We have a digestive system, we have a nervous system. We don't have a reproductive system yeah, without the feminine. Yeah. Do we have a masculinity without the feminine? In a sense, and and it has like that enlightenment liberalism, which has taught us all to be autonomous individuals, separated us to a degree that we don't see that complementarity in unity.
1: I think if you if if an alien came down and looked at a human person, yeah. they would probably notice all the things that are human long before they would see things that are specifically masculine because they've got nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So however the, the I think the differences are there and if a man's on a desert island he's still a man. Mm. But it only becomes evident and mm. you know a, and observable and also functional when there's someone to re, to be in reaction to if you like. Yeah. But we're created to be in communion. Mm. And like the uh, the, the movie Castaway is a fairly interesting example of this he's on an island by himself and he starts talking to a volleyball this is not an unusual um thing when people are isolated they either have to create someone to talk to or they go nuts in some other way yeah because we're so geared to this uh, interpersonal communion and it's not limited to just hanging out with other people we need that and and i think you could you could look at a human being and say there's there's a bit missing yeah you might not know exactly what it looks like but yeah
0: Even for the sake of contrast, right, dude? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And um, uh, it's not like someone who is called to a celibate life or um, or whatever is is somehow incomplete because they are still... In communion,
1: in, in yeah. Their, or spousal, or their spousal love is given over to a to a much yeah. much better oh, yeah, spouse, yeah, yeah. In, a, you know, yeah, in a priestly context, yeah, for sure, or um, religious. Or it, well, um, yeah, there's a yeah. Dominican sister in Melbourne who says I, she goes to dances where all the kids are dancing She says, "I pity you all. I've got the best dress and the best uh. date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't, can't compete. <laughs> can't compete yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, but but um, for most of us, yeah. What's um, I think what's going to bring out our full. Mm-hmm. For our full humanity our full personality yeah um is the is the complementarity you never quite know how it's going to come yeah. out of that's all part of the rich pattern of life yeah. right is um um what can be drawn out of us yeah it's what we said life right
0: at the other. start
1: wasn't it that the, the the women called it out of us yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: well it's 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 i think too there's a there's an interesting thing in society in the sense that Um, for all the things that he got wrong, Freud did get something, I think, right when he talked about his sublimation of the sexual drive and basically said not every sexual urge should end in a sexual act. Right. And funnily enough, a lot of people don't realise this, he was uh, opposed to contraception, interestingly enough. Interesting. Yeah, and so now what happens after Freud is some of his students, really, those who follow on in his school, like Herbert Marcuse, says, no, 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 you should have what we called uh, libidinous morality, the, mor- the morality of lust. It's right. a good thing. and In fact, if you repress any urges, that leads to Nazism. In fact, they claimed at one point. So so um it feels to me like this is a, a, an area where a lot of men today, young men in particular, it's like the sexual doesn't have anything beyond... Well, it's sexual self-gratification as yeah. its outlet. The concept of taking my masculine testosterone-driven drive and putting it into other pursuits, whether it be lifting weights, building a house, you know, hiking, hunting. Fathering a family. Fathering oh, yeah. a family. It's all sort of, and you're on your own, and it's it's almost like we're pleasuring ourselves to death, in a sense, as men. Yeah, you know? I think I think it's um,
1: it's not just the pleasure. I mean, it is clearly the pleasure that's part of the problem because it's, it's a drug. Like mm-hmm. dopamine hit to the brain and you get addicted to that and, mm-hmm. and you, you need it. Um, like any other drug, and you need withdrawal from it, but um, there's two other elements to it which i I think we need just to think about and one is the the treatment of women, the fact yeah. that we objectify women, and it becomes an impossible thing. No mm. live woman can ever um, reproduce what's mm. what pornography is pretending is available, mm. and it 's simply not um, and that means that women. I sorry, hundreds of boys are showing up in to Sydney hospitals at 20 years old presenting with impotence because they're physically incapable of entering into a sexual yeah. act because they've already trained the pathways in their brain to go down that
0: path. They've got, they've got a clinical name for it, Youthful, youthful Erectile Dysfunction. Yes. They've actually got a clinical diagnosis for
1: it. It's just mm. unbelievable. So the men are robbing themselves of their masculinity, mm. but I would say uh, almost equally as bad is the fact that they're, you were alluding to this before, mate, that the the um the passion and the drive and the 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 seeking love that is typical of masculinity has been directed into this kind of semi-commercialized pleasure machine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's robs them because they're They don't have the drive to do, you know, all the things that men have done because, frankly, we were bored or there was a problem and we got down to it. There's not the same drive in it. And and you notice that um, younger people aren't that way. And part of it's not just uh, the pornography. It's all the other pursuits which catch our attention and drag us Well, here's something
0: to think about, too. Dean, you're in the technology industry. There's a lot of automation now. Right. And cars, I mean, they're not quite self-driving yet. We're pretty close. But even the fundamentals of, I've actually taught my kids how to change a tire, but pretty soon that'll probably be an obsolete thing. So a lot of the things you could do, whether it be a health and safety regulation that says, no, you cannot touch that uh, light socket in your own home and wire it yourself, or, or whether it be a car that's just so self-contained you have to be an electronics engineer to even open the bonnet. It's like a lot of these things that men would have got their hands dirty doing and now not open to them as well. It's like there's a whole lot mm. of factors, right?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting um, observation. I've got a few, I'm, like I'm not that great as a fix-it guy, but I've, I try. And I've got a lot of fix-it books, you know, or do-it-yourself books or how to, how to do it, but they're, they're all kind of old. Yeah, you know, and there's some really great books from like the 1950s of how to fix just about anything. It's amazing, and that's not what you get these days. It's um, it's either call your service agent or (laughs) or throw it away and buy another one because they're made in China and they come they're real cheap. So,
1: um, just chuck it away. Interesting you raise that because I'm uh, unfortunately stereotypically as an academic rather useless at these things. Um, but I think only by comparison, my wife's father was a builder Mm. and an amazing man in this area he, he used to come to our house and fix everything and uh tut at me um because because <laughs> yeah. I tried yeah, something yeah, and yeah, it had yeah. failed and and um I can do it but it's it's not my thing but in a sense rather than looking at the specific activities like the tire and stuff I, I've actually taught my kids about the tire because it was actually more important for the father-son time and actually yeah. my father-daughter time yeah. um and at the same time talking about what how do you deal with being on the side of the road? How do you deal with a stranger dropping by? Mm. What are the normal precautions to take? What do you look for? Um, how would you go about seeking help? These kinds of things—they're transportable mm. skills. Because, and but even if they weren't, it's still the mm. the the action of learning something from dad has its own value. I think. Yeah.
0: Yep. You you, you, do, you do crossfit too, Dean? And I know your kids are. CrossFit, mad. Do you do you get that little well, "Let's test ourselves against Dad" thing? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. I sort of backed off a, a little bit with my uh, my second son, Stephen. He just a few weeks ago won the national title yeah, awesome. for CrossFit. So, like, if the fittest man in New Zealand is working out in your garage next year, it's like, no thanks. Oh, it's <laughs> too so humiliating. But it was, it's a very just reflecting on fatherhood, though. Yeah. It's, it's it's very very interesting to be yeah, I'm better than him at everything, right? Yeah. And then slowly he's getting older and better, yeah. and I'm teaching him some stuff. And then, oh, he can beat me at that. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's do workouts that don't have that in it. But, um, but yeah, he gradually becomes he overtakes me, yep, right? Yeah. And that's that's all part of the, the growth and maturity and everything. But it's a very interesting experience to go through as a father, yes, when your kids get was better. Was that hard better. for you personally yeah. as a man? Yeah, yeah, no one yeah. would have noticed, but yeah, and I sort of, <laughs> I, I, you know, but I'd sort of joke about it a little bit, but yeah, it was hard because, because yeah. the dad. I mean, I've got other kids
1: that I can, I can, you know. <laughs> but it's not just the mortality thing, there, is it? Mm. It's about realizing that you know the next generation is already, already picking. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. It, yeah. it is the mortality thing, away. It's a reminder that um,
0: there's a finitude to your life. There is life, a finitude
2: yeah. to your life, um, yeah. um, and, and there is a little bit of oh, I'm becoming less relevant. Um, mm. But there's also a real pride, like because yeah. and when you step back and go, well, actually. The best possible father would be one who helped all of his kids be better than he was yep um you know not just at yeah um lifting weights or whatever but at at everything more you know morally physically spiritually um and how how he interacts with people all that sort of stuff. that's a really good point
1: if you don't mind i'll share an anecdote um of a time i usually use this anecdote to talk about the difference between honoring your father and mother and obeying them Mm. um i was a cricket coach for some time of my son's team and he was all right. In fact, he was the best on the team. But um, he he was very good at the rules and I, I was really a stickler for them because I thought cricket's a very dignified game, all that sort of thing. So at one stage we had a young boy. Um, we we put him in specially because his father had died three weeks before and the mother was just desperate for him to get male company and do something. And so we brought him into the team. It was late in the season and we put him out to bat at about number nine or something. And he got bowled first ball. Ooh, that's rough. And I just thought, I was sitting there going, no, no, please. My son ran onto the ground. Now, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And you can, get, you, know, you can get told off and tribunaled and suspended and all these sort of things. And it's also just bad form. He ran onto the ground, put his arm around the kid. And I yelled at him, get off the ground. Yeah. And he, put, he ignored me completely. He ran onto the ground, put his arm around the kid and walked him off. Um, and I, at that moment, I thought I was in the wrong. Yeah. He made the right moral decision. Yeah. And a disobeying dad, he just totally—he just tells me he didn't hear me. Yeah. But um, he just, and it, I realised that was that was what I treasured about it. it, because it wasn't that he did what he was told, but that he acted with character. Yeah. And and he actually showed me up for yeah. having missed, missed uh, the boat on that one.
0: Because that's, a, well, funnily enough, we talked about the road earlier. That's the big theme in the road. The father keeps telling the son that we have to keep the fire alive inside of us. And it's virtue he's talking about. And there's a moment in the story where the father treats a stranger who could be a potential threat in this post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic world, excuse me, on the road. Mm. He treats him a bit gruffly. And the son questions him in his innocence and he says, Well, Dad, how do we know that we're still the good guys? Right. And it's a very powerful wow. note. The father realizes he's convicted by but there's a beauty in that the son is receiving this character formation from his father yep. and how important that actually is. Yes. Yeah. Because you, you it's just you mentioned the difference between obey and give weight. Mm. That I think the, is the Jewish word is Kavid, uh, isn't it, or kavid, isn't it, that you give in the in the fifth commandment, give kavid, uh, which is Honor, like to, yeah. to to give the the weight of glory to something. Yes. Yeah. you know, it's it's a very different thing. And is that how do we do that? Like you, you've I'm sure Peter, you must have had those moments, like Dean, where all of a sudden your kids are outpacing you a little bit. And yeah, and I think a part of it is. Do they need me anymore? And in a culture of utilitarianism, and it's very throwaway and very functional. Well, what's yep. your function for me, Dad? Yeah. If we is, play
1: soccer, if we play soccer later, mate, you'll see how far <laughs> behind my son. <laughs> I am. That's
0: right. And it's like, well, what's the role of dad now? Yeah. And and is it that that sense of the weight of fatherhood should still be present in some
1: way? Yeah, now? maybe I've got an advantage because I, I reckon I'm already embracing the grumpy old man really well, <laughs> <laughs> the grandpa figure. Um, yeah. It's it's. Um, yeah, the, the, you can either fight... I was very grumpy for a while when I, mm. I had an injury and it slowed me down a couple of years ago and I felt like, oh, I'm getting old mm-hmm. this is the end. Oh, I'm still all over. <laughs> and then I thought, looking at people's ages, thinking there's, there's many, many more years. It's just I have to humbly accept yeah. this next stage of life and I wish I had my father around as much as I hope to be. I wish I had my grandfather. I never met him. So... Mm. That kind of life i 'm as much as God gives me, I can now enjoy a whole new stage i don 't have to be that one that was running around with them when they were two yeah i don 't have to be that guy. I can be a new guy in a new stage and just give what i 've got to yeah. them and and perhaps that 's different, but I, if I can embrace that there 's a real joy in that
0: mm.
1: yeah i'm not grumpy old man, but i, I 'm really <laughs> enjoying being a grandfather, and I hope to be um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to find out who this new guy is. Cool. Yeah, if yeah,
0: I can take yeah. a step backwards, you you talked about the fact that you're an academic, Peter, and so right. there's a sort of, you know, and I I'm, I'm I run my own ministry as well, a lot of education, speaking work. So there's some similarities there. And whereas Dean's a bit of a man of the world, and you know he's in the workforce, and Dean, you're a bit of a you are a fitness fanatic. You know, let's you know you you really committed yourself to your sport, and you're very good at it. There is a bit of a distinction, I think, that often happens unless you're going to become a renaissance man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> apparently Leonard Nimoy who played Spock was, was, was he was known for, and he was, he was good at fencing and academics and he you wow. know, unless you're going to do that, um, how do you, how do you, because not every man, like the, the importance of an academic, a theologian, a philosopher, we need those people, hmm. but they have a masculinity. They do. How does that outwork itself? I, I think
1: we need to be careful in our mm. modern world because there is a, a tendency for us to specialise so much that we neglect areas. And one of, as we mm. said at the start, one of the lies of the devil is to put one good thing against another. Mm. And it's great that I can devote, um, I'm employed to be a theologian. That's great, and to teach people. But yeah. I still need to exercise. I still yeah. need to be, if I'm going to be a gift to anyone, I've mm. got to look after the gift, and, yeah. and I've got to do it. Now, I might not be, I'm, I guarantee I'm never going to beat you in a road race, um, but, <laughs> but I owe it to my wife, I owe it to my family to be able to present that but even more than that i'd go further than that and say if there is a situation we sometimes lulled by a western society into thinking we're all safe if there is a situation where there's Mm. a danger Mm. i need to be ready Mm. to at least respond proportionally to that uh, and and in a way that doesn't overdo it like because because if i'm really just really strong and i'm not trained i might just damage lots of people in my responses you need to have discipline yeah yeah and uh yeah discipline and balance and everything Um, yeah
2: like i've done sport over a lot of years the thing that to to your point just there, the thing that made me interested in CrossFit as a sort of exercise discipline was I actually discovered it on a um, kind of a how to survive the end of the world sort of forum. <laughs> is, um, you know, the, what's the what's the list of useful tools or things that you need? And someone said, well, the most useful thing is if you can move your body around, you know. And yeah. so here's a, here's a generalized kind of fitness mm-hmm. approach. Um, mm-hmm. But any sort of fitness, so like. I, I kind of think... Um, it's 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 good. It would be good for every man to, le- to at least look into a little bit of lifting, a little bit of running or cardio stuff, mm. and a little bit of just general movement, um, yeah. kind of thing. Just like like you say, look after mm. the. Look after the uh, the machine a bit um but that's that's only one aspect of your personality, and so um, yeah, there's other parts to, to be developed too for sure, develop the intellect for sure yep. right? yeah um you know from a Christian perspective, love the Lord with all your and there's a whole list of things but yeah. includes love the Lord with all your mind yep right
1: um, and that is a gift that you can pass on but see even even I, I spent all my all my working life reading theology, and that's that sounds great, but I need in order to be a good man for my wife and my kids and for frankly, to be an interesting person in conversation. <laughs> I need to read some politics. I need to read some, you know, some literature. I need yeah. to actually yep. get yeah. to be a broad thing. And the old idea of the card, was it Newman, who said the idea of the university is oh, the yeah. complete man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And this this modern, he reigned, railed, sorry, in that against this specialization of education so that we're narrowed down to one thing, yeah. become really, really skillful in one area, but we don't actually understand where it fits everywhere else. So what, I think it was a US president that said, we have um, guided missiles fired by misguided men. <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah. So, you know, we, we, we just to be interesting in a room, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I was talking to a young man
2: yesterday um, about, you know, how can we be the best versions of ourselves, you know. And we've all got our own strengths, which we should hone in on. Mm. Um, we should also be aware of our weaknesses so we can shore them up a bit. Yes. Um, we're not all trying to be the same.
1: That's a really good point, that having a strength doesn't give you excuse. For you to have yeah. the weaknesses
2: untouched, yeah, yeah, because yeah, then yeah. you can be quite a. Um, I actually think what you said was really cool. Just be an interesting person. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a good goal, right? Yes. you can you can converse, but you can also do physical stuff. You can also um, offer people advice or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being interesting—that's that's that's, a, that's like a two-word advice for guys, <laughs> right? Be interesting. Um, but interesting—think th- th- about it in terms of you know just hanging out with other guys, maybe. But thinking mm-hmm. thinking about being attractive as well. Yeah, um, you know, being masculine—that that is a. Being attractive is interesting. Why condemn yeah. your wife to a life with
1: a boring and yeah, yeah. unkempt person? That's that, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny yeah. too, isn't it? I think it's, that's almost the incel problem, right, is to blame the woman. Yeah. Oh, look, you know, the, the woman don't want me and I've done this. And, and it's it's a very interesting, I often hear them speaking you're thinking, gosh, fellas. Just get out of yourselves for a second, and you know what? If you won't, weren't so self obsessed and and maybe you had something interesting to offer. Yep. I, I really I've, I, I mean, I was probably a little bit arrogant in a when I was younger, and and um, I remember I just I wasn't the best-looking guy, but I acted like I was, you know. And I think there's something healthy about men who have that. sort <laughs> oh, for of sure. Confidence. Foolish self-confidence, but a lot of blokes today don't don't seem to have that. A lot of mm. younger guys, it's they really grapple with. Well, who, who mm. am I? I guess that's part of being caught in the, in the minutiae of this absolute storm of mm. ideas and condemnations. And like, it's like, even to say, look, there's a problem for young blokes trying to figure out what masculinity is, often that even saying that is laughed at. Oh, the, you know, you men have got everything and, and yeah. we're the victims. And how dare you say that you're having a heart? You know?
1: Can I throw another one at you guys just to respond to that? One of the problems that I've seen is that it's the old GK Chesterton thing. Lots of people know what the problem is, but their solution isn't going to solve it. So he he puts it in the reformer is always almost always right about what's wrong, but wrong about what's right. Mm -hmm. So I've seen so many books about masculinity where they list off all of the the struggles and the problems and the identifiable symptoms of it. And you go, yeah, 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 yeah. it Sounds great. And then they present like a (laughs) list of. If you are like this, if you dance around, and uh, what is it, Steve Bidoff, dance around a campfire and do rich, masculine rituals. <laughs> That's right. <and> you, <laughs> you, you know, call out the masculine. Yeah, or the, the evangelical books. You know, you've got to really pray down the father's fatherhood or something, and you go, oh, goodness me. <laughs> so, there's so much self-help out there, which is selling because we're not giving them the good oil, mm. and it sells because they're hungry. Yep, <laughs> But yeah, so what is the good oil?
0: Well, it's funny. I wonder if there's a bit of. Have you seen have either? You seen Fight Club? Yeah. There's actually a great for, for whatever people think of it. Not endorsing it, but yeah, there's some really important moments with your in kids. That film. <laughs> and the book was a satire too about about this. But there's that great moment. He says, "We, you know, we're the middle children of history, man. We've got no great war, no great depression. Our lives are our great depression." And you know what? It reminded me of, it's that passage where King David commits adultery with Bathsheba, kills her husband Uriah to try and cover it up. So. Uh, it goes from adultery to murder that passage starts with a very important verse, it's the time of year when kings go out to war, war. David <laughs> stayed home he had no war is this the thing, I mean in a sense they have no great scheme for their life, mission, yeah right? no mission no calling, no adventure, I, I, yeah. I think
2: I think that's the thing right, um, a, a sense of mission, that, that's this is just my own sort of speculation right, but I think that's to a large extent that's what men are built for mm. a mission of some sort mm. And um, and I've also observed that when men have a mission whatever it might be um you know they've got some sort of focus or goal that they're working towards um and, and actually ideally it's it's something, something like a mission of
1: service in some way yeah right? so that's that's an important point yeah. that the, the mission itself is a, is part of the characteristic of masculinity because you if you just say you know occupy yourself yeah, yeah no it's, <laughs> not yeah. Yeah. it's not that it's not yeah. that it's on a mission and then that's that gives you some focus, mm. but that's also
2: attractive. I think mm. you know, it's, with it comes some confidence, and with yeah. it comes a, a desire for other people to sort of see that. And like, man, I could join in on that. You know, mm. I can mm. contribute, or um, at least I can respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. If the mission's not the same, if I don't have yeah. the same call, but I mm. can respect that there's somebody with who knows knows where they're going even if you don't know where you're ultimately kind of going yeah. um it doesn't mean like you have to mm. i'm 18 and i've got to figure out my mission that's going to see me through till i'm 90. it's no, not it's yeah.
0: not that um, when well, it changes but, too right I, should, I don't know if you certainly found, does. I've, I've discovered it changes the yeah, mission yeah, shifts yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely but uh,
1: having a mission is crucial i think well i think it comes back to your point about or i can't remember whose point it was but about bit the 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 need calling us into masculinity because the me mm. the mission is really responding to the need yeah i come back to your thing about the war. It's true that that generation did know what they were doing, but it has to be said that the people who came back from that were – like we're still counting the cost yeah, of that in masculinity. Missed, yeah. So they came back yeah. broken people. They were unable to process yeah. that, and their kids are broken because of that, and, and it's come down to us. So the nature of the mission – is, yeah. is extremely important.
0: Well, that's funny you should say that because uh, um, I've, I've considered and contemplated this a lot and, and other scholars, far smarter than my half-brained contribution is, have talked about the fact that this is why actually liberalism actually took hold because there was a sense a lot of men came back and didn't want another war, even a political fight of any kind. And liberalism seemed to be the sort of, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. It's very interesting how mm. these men were shaped and then how that shaped society, and let alone the missing men as well.
1: Ironically, liberalism is now the most militant and, and intolerant yeah. thing yeah, in the yeah. entire world. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, is this where Peterson's right, where uh, he talks about, uh, in a sense, he doesn't use the word mission, but Christianity. He talks a lot about the hero's journey and that calling a mm. man, and he talks about Christianity having everything you'd want mm. as a man and a sort of adventure caller.
1: He's not the only academic out there He's, who's pointing to certain aspects of Christianity and, and observing that, look, this is a really good thing. Mm. Um, there's an atheist called Alain de Botton from mm. Oxford who is a philosopher of religion, yep. completely atheist, and in fact he says at the start of his talks, of course it's ridiculous God exists, it's absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> and you think, right, oh mate, yeah. and then he lists all of the sociological and philosophical impact of everything Christians do. Mm. And he observes it's absolutely on par on on target with what human beings are like. So catechesis is absolutely necessary, repeated ideals in liturgies and things and it goes through every oh, yeah. aspect of Christianity mm-hmm. it says these guys know what they're doing, it's the way we should be as a society. He tried to set up Atheism 2.0, by the way. Oh, Oh, okay. And it didn't work because nobody showed strangely enough. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because I think once you take out the sacred order and the supernatural, (laughs) it's just what do you got? You got Of course, you do. Yeah, you got a golf club. But
1: we can look at these guys, like I think Peterson, although Peterson might be on a slightly more um, friendly journey than than, um, the other guy. (laughs) Um, You can look at these guys and they're observing something once we're past the initial hostility that everyone's Mm. popularly hating Christianity. But they can see the goodness in it from different angles. Yeah. Um. Everyone starts there.
0: So the mission then is what? Get yourself to heaven. Here's your mission. Yeah. And then you've got to you've got to work through the you know love for neighbour, love for God, love yeah. for truth. I you don't, know.
1: I don't know if Peterson's public stuff is is talking about heaven yet. Um, no, no, not yet. Um. But I mean, certainly he's got some practical advice that you know your grandmother would have told you yeah. many years ago.
0: But for us as right. men, then is that our big mission? And then something like make your bed. Is part of that that can fulfilling the mission each day, making your mission ready, I guess. You yeah,
2: I, I think about it in terms of make disciples. Yeah, yeah right. You know, yeah. the, 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 great, the great commission. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so, how does that look in my life? Right. Yep. That, that's, that's the question that I ask myself. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah. and one answer as a father is, well, i got it easy, I can, you know, and not easy, but simpler. Focused, you've yeah. got to focus. I've got to focus, right? The disciples are right there. Yeah. And that also includes making a disciple of myself. <laughs> yes. A- and then it flows out into what are all the other things that we are called to um, by the Lord. Uh, and and we can't do everything, but yep. we can find something that plays to our strength, that, yep. um, that we are, that we do feel some sort of call for. Um, and that's our, that perhaps is our, is our niche in the kingdom for at least a season. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. that, that can be a mission.
0: I sort of wonder, too, whether we do live in an age where I think a lot of men are obsessed with uh, everyone else's house, what's going on, you know. Even even the whole, you know, the, the tendency to say, well, all men are bad, you know, and masculinities, it's like... Perhaps if we had more men who were actually focused on their own house and getting that in order rather than what's wrong. And, you know, in a sense, maybe there's something in that. But then you've got to know what that mission is, right, to be able to do that. Mm. Again, it goes back to, I think, your point, Peter. Oh, just do something with your life. Yeah, but yeah. what? Yeah. And why? Yeah. And, and,
1: I mean, I've found that when you challenge young men, they it tends to work. Yeah. Like they, they do respond. There's some that are lazy and some that are, that are hurt and they need some more healing than just a just you know, kick up the butt or something like that. Mm. But but it does actually work. I'll probably get myself in trouble here, but the young <laughs> male students who are in my class often respond to a little bit of tough love mm. when I say, dude, you can do better than this. I've yeah. seen you do better than this. What's going on? Yeah. And if there's something going on that they need help with, we get to that. But, if, but they just haven't – almost no one's pushing anymore. And when they do push, they push to impossible things yeah. about standards which don't really matter, like – yeah to do with companies and kpis or whatever they are
0: how do you grapple with that then in fatherhood i mean Mm. that's one of been my one of it has been one of my challenges i've I've got one son and i really feel it with him a lot more but one of my big well one of my big fears for a long time was i want my kids to come out of this are healthy Mm-hmm. well-adjusted, and and really oh, I'd love if they all came out with the faith out the other side yeah. of this, out of my sort of incursion into their life as a dad. <laughs> sure. But it's, it's a heck of a challenge, right? To, yeah, yeah you, you, know. you want to have a net positive benefit,
2: yeah. uh, you know, influence, that's for sure. Um, the way I sometimes just visualize it for myself is I'd like to be someone that the kids, my boys especially, well, mm-hmm. no, all, all the kids, but are proud of, right? Or yep. um, um, someone that they, they think is worthy of respect. Mm. Some, someone who their friends are, uh, happy for them that they've got a good dad, you know, or, right. so, or something yep, like that, yep, yep, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's something they can lean on, so someone they know that is trustworthy, um, res- worthy of respect. That they seek to emulate. Yeah, in they some seek way. to emulate yeah. in some way, right? So, so that's quite a hard uh, bar yeah. to try and achieve. Yep. Um, but it's a good bar to try and achieve, you know. And you, you, you can sit there, bar as high as you want, and you're probably not quite going to make it. Mm. Um, and you, you, of course, you're not going to make it in every
1: respect. But, but no, but the doubt. thing perfect. is, is that we. But it's a good challenge. We probably we don't. I don't like this, but I probably have done more good for my kids when i failed and how I respond to that failure than I have when I've looked like I can do... Because often they'll say, that's Dad and he's he's just good at that stuff, so we're not even going to try to go there. But when they see me stuff up and have to apologise... Or have to go back and fix something or something. It gives them hope that okay, this is a normal part of life, and this is how you respond, like resilience in the situation.
2: And and yeah, that becomes more important as they're older too, because you almost you can't perceptibly stuff up when they're three years old. Um, but yeah, when they're thirteen, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> well, everything you do is wrong when they're yeah. thirteen.
0: <laughs> well, there's, there's even I think um, they that you know there's that principle what they call rupture and repair. So if you have a relationship like where well, you have to apologise something you've done, yeah. the repair makes the relationship stronger than it was before the rupture. Yeah. and I, I learned this with my dad because my dad was a very simple straightforward guy he was kicked out of school very young did not do well academically at all in fact he was uh, meeting my mother was really the making of him in so many ways and he, he began to learn to read properly and stuff like that he were, he'd been a farmer he's very practical good with his hands strong guy a boxer that sort of stuff um, very simple and straightforward who also for most of his adult life was plagued with schizophrenia so a very serious mental illness oh, but yep. my father, I mean, so much of my life and my brothers. There's such a debt we owe to him, but he wasn't an academic. He wasn't highly skilled. He did the basics. He did them well. He's a man of character, and that really mattered for him. I remember him coming to me and saying, "Look, son, I have to apologise to you for this thing I did when I was raising it." That was those profound moments.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say. I mean, my dad's definitely not an academic. In mm. fact, the, I grew up in the Brethren who were anti-intellectual. So <laughs> yeah. the two things that I did that disappointed him most in life was becoming a Catholic and becoming an, uh, an academic. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take <Took> both <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, it, when, the, what I admired in, in him and what I still look to as an example is integrity, mm. that even if I disagreed with a particular thing, you knew what you got because mm. he was always true to his word and he was always true to the principles that he, he yeah. held at his own cost and in great in situations I can't describe here because they're too personal, but yeah. when it cost him to not, uh, to, to, to obey his principles, yeah. it, he still stuck with them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'd like to push this if you wouldn't mind. Um, uh, I, I have some, uh, kids who are adults now up to four who are adults technically, according to law. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and a couple of them are not uh, practicing, so um, presently, uh, I, the pain of that as a father is immense. Yeah. And working that through has been a new learning experience and hum- humiliating and humbling, if that if those two are distinct. Yeah. Um, and I think it's worth reflecting on that. That I don't. I'm not the one who makes decisions for my children. No and I shouldn't try to, like I, I can't force them to be anything. Um, what I have to be able to face God and say is, um, have I given them everything I could have in terms of the tools, in terms of the desire, the example? Yeah. Um, and when I've been reflecting back on other people's families as well and what's worked and what hasn't is that strictness doesn't always work, Yeah. but joy does. Yeah. So when there's joy in a in a in a faith that's lived, now of course you gotta live the faith first, but when there's joy in that, that that it's attractive. Yeah. And it draws people back. So insofar as they're still with the family and they are still with the family, it's it's through the joyful um, celebration of family, through the values that we hold as family, it, in, in that sense, and I, you still, there's still a lot of hope there because they're drawn back to those goodness.
0: Did you ever have a conversation with them? Did they, was there a moment where they said, "Dad, no, nah, this is not for us." I, I remember my eldest daughter came to me two years ago and she said, "Dad, I'm not sure if I believe like you believe," and it was so. Even that was hard yeah. enough. Now her journey has been quite profound since then. Right. But it's there's still a lot of water to go under that bridge, of course. But it was there a moment where that happened?
1: Yeah, several. I mean, along the way, there's been several, um, and I have to say, reflecting on it. Um, uh, I regret trusting uh, some educationalists and um, some other people, catechists, who I hadn't checked out. Interesting. Um, because there were some un- not fully trained people who weren't fit to deal with questions. And I had trained my kids. See, this is trouble. I trained them to ask questions. I say, yeah. never, ever take... <laughs> yeah. take. Uh, you just got to accept it as an answer. You must ask. You probe yeah. and keep going. And this is why I still have much hope for them. Yeah. But when they came up to their re coordinators and tried these questions then they were shut down we don't ask these questions you just don't and and it and i only found this out years later and this is on the on the pathway to well religion doesn't have an answer kind of thing
0: almost like it's anti intellectualism yeah very
1: much so or or yeah so i think as a dad i mean we are the first educators of our children so i'd say as a dad i'd pay more attention to um, what my kids are learning, who's teaching them, who yeah. who I'm, because I didn't do that, but I'm to blame for it in their eyes because I sent them there and I approved and I reinforced the them as the mentor kind of thing. So how do you grapple with that? I mean, there's a lot of hurt, uh, but it, I mean, you deal with everything with goodwill. Uh, yeah. but um, it's not like you deliberately set out to wreck them. No, no, right? no, no, no. no. Of and, not. and and also I need to to work on forgiveness of the, pe- the poor yeah. people involved who are inadequately trained. Yeah. Um, but the lessons learned are still, I mean, I still have young kids, so mm. I can still apply these things. I can still love with the father's love. I mean, imagine being the father of the prodigal son. Yeah, I was just gonna say. It's just yeah. tot- totally, yeah. I mean, he, Jesus gives us this image of the father <laughs> yeah. for a good reason. And uh, we're always um, trying to image that love of God, which is which is slow to anger, bounding yeah. in steadfast love, falling over ourselves to welcome them back, whatever the, yeah. whatever half chance they give us. Um, so there's there's plenty of opportunities to do that. And I think um, we should never say all we can do is pray because prayer is the most powerful and potent thing we can do. Yeah, And especially the prayer of a father and a mother for their, their children is powerful. Yeah.
0: Have, have we overcomplicated it maybe a little bit in a sense, Dean? Like, um, I don't know. Like you were talking before, Peter, about different books, and there was all this advice and how to be a man, and you know, <laughs> it's almost like that. In many ways, I feel a bit like masculinity. In some ways, is a, as a, as a very, you do the basics, do them well. It's a simple project, and mm-hmm. we are men. We're not, we, you know, we, we have single single yep, focus type not that approach. Complicated. Yeah, yeah, we we're not, and it's like I I've, I said this to my wife recently. In fact, her, my wife Katie, beautiful woman, and and the making of me as a man, absolutely. But her view and her expectations, I think, have shifted as well, not mm. because I'm a lout, but because she sort of realized, oh, you know what? She said to me recently, she said, you know, I'm just so, the kids and I are so grateful to have you in our lives, because some of our friends have experienced marriage yep. decline or implosion. Yep. And she said, on the outside, the blokes looked, that you know, they've ticked all the boxes and they're yep. really sensitive to the needs, but it just the simple things weren't being done. Yep. And she said you're just there it's you know you're not always mr sensitive but you're there for us yeah you love us we know that you're trying to be a good man i've got no doubt about infidelity with you all that sort of stuff Mm. if your
1: kids know that you have loved them with everything you have at your disposal because i'm a flawed man and they'll see those flaws yeah but if they see that i've given them what i've got oh yeah yeah give what you've got you can't give what you don't have yeah. right i'm thinking yes you're transparent about it yeah. yeah and and if you are transparent about i'm not really good at this help me out yeah um then that's also has integrity in itself i think though they, they will respect that even if they don't they don't they even if they spot your flaws and say yeah. oh, i want to do better than that great if they see you working on your flaws like recognize like that's what you, you said earlier about humility
2: yeah if you if you go, yeah, actually I'm not that good at this or this is a weakness of mine and they see you hammering away at it, yep. yeah. that can be quite inspirational too, I think. And it's good good for me to identify um, deficiencies in my own commitments to things or yeah. my own character. Um, but yes, working on your weaknesses, I think, is not just useful for me. It's useful yeah. for people to see that I will confront them yeah. to try and do something about them. Yeah. Um, especially character weaknesses. Um, I was thinking before about, you talked about character, Brendan. Um, yeah. It's kind of, when you talked about um, Peter talked about integrity mm. I see character that's that one thing we take with us when we die is our character mm. Mm. You know? um, yeah. so it's a it's a project that's worth building all the way through
0: yeah it's funny I heard um, Jerry Seinfeld was in an interview recently talking about this and it, he wasn't moralizing wasn't philosophizing wasn't theolog the- 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 I don't know if there's a word yeah, yeah. is there one for... of those <laughs> I don't know theologicalizing <laughs> um, but he, he, he made this interesting comment about as his wife and his kids and he said I guess the topic of infidelity because a lot of stars get caught up in it and he said well why would I throw away my my this beautiful permanent relationship for like I don't know 10 minutes or an hour of pleasure with some strange woman and I was like yep. it's very practical it's very simple it's like if we had more blokes probably who just got to the practicals we'd I don't know things <laughs> mm-hmm. feel like but then no one teaches you that
1: uh, but also if you had a clearer idea what you were entering marriage what, what marriage was for yeah 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 because, I mean, a lot of guys that I was speaking to after a marriage has failed, one or both of them had a completely different idea of what, what a marriage yeah. was for. And a lot of it was I, what I get out of it. Yeah. Um, and when it didn't deliver, because frankly it, doesn't, <laughs> it <just laughs> doesn't. The kids we've been talking about a lot, but I have to give my kids credit for making me um, anything like a Christian. Uh, yeah. They dragged me kicking and screaming into into holiness because... Yeah. I'd like to be lazy. I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to so, just slack off. But they keep calling at me. They keep pulling at me. That they because they need me to be their dad. That's the school of love. Yeah, right? and they and they their demands are actually an invitation to me and a, and a demand that I I make myself a better man. So yeah. yeah, it's the making of us, I think, for sure.
0: I yeah. often tell the story actually about my son, who I um. I was in a park one day and I had to wipe his bottom in a public toilet. And I remember, I I don't know why, but I started to reflect on this moment and I thought, this is insane. 20 years ago, I would have thought, no way would I be interested in this now? I'm not, I wasn't excited about being in public toilet in the situation, but I was like, I'm actually okay with this moment. And this is crazy. Yeah. That's the school of love at work, right? As a bloke, you're transformed. Mm. Yeah. I got a memory of changing a little kid's nappy
2: at the side of a stream on a road trip with sand flies everywhere. It's,
0: it's, 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 you know, I'm too important to
2: be doing this sort of thing. No,
0: no. Two, two things I want to finish with chaps then. Uh, One is you often hear this from Christians, uh, particularly blokes. Oh, the problem is the feminization of the church. Mm. <laughs> what do you What do you think when you hear that? Um, it's not the problem; it's our
2: problem, right? <laughs> um, and you can we, we could be kind of noble about it and say, "Well, femi- feminism has taken over because we've let them." Mm. You know. Mm. Um, so I, I think, to me, a lot of these sorts of issues all come back to fatherhood, one way or another—spiritual yeah. fatherhood, physical mm. fatherhood. If the fathers ste- step up and want. Oh, and that's a horrible cliche. Step
0: up, but but. (laughs) Well, don't just be the chauffeur on Sunday morning.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Lead your family, um, and if there's a if there's a way to serve in the church that suits your um, abilities and your character, take it. Right, offer it to the Lord, and um, then it won't be people who perhaps are less prepared to to fill less prepared, but more willing. Mm. They'll 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 fill it because they see they see the need. Let's let's look for the need and um and build ourselves so that we can fill those gaps when we can. And that, mm. that, that is a masculine approach to things, I think. Mm. Yep.
0: Right. Peter, how do we do that, though? You, in a sense, you I, I hear a lot about today, oh, the role of woman in the church, that's yeah. the Christ. And I think, no, well, certainly not in my parish and in, in our country. <laughs> There's all women who are running the parishes who have filled the gaps because men are not there.
1: Well, I, I mean, from the earliest records we have, in the early church the the roman governors complained that christianity was a religion of women and slaves as in there's lots and lots of uh, women who've been faithful through the centuries so yeah. i don't think we've got a, we've got an increase in women in the place what we've had is a, a decrease in the respect for the male role and yeah. you know, but i have to say that if you're a gentleman listening to this and you're thinking oh they you know i'd really like to be involved but the, the women keep telling me off listen if you need a woman to give you permission to be a man, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we've got yeah, a problem. Yeah. So yeah. stop waiting for everyone to stand back and you know give you accolades and stuff. Just practice that quiet, um, strong love of God the Father, love of God the Son, and that, that is welcome in its own way. Because if you're not grandstanding and if you're not trying to be the boss and boss everyone around, yeah. they always welcome someone who's strong and affirming and help. It wants to lift everyone else up to flourishing. Yep. There, there's, there's no problem with
0: that. Okay, well, on that note then, to wrap it all up, what are, what advice would you give? What are the fundamentals you think? you You got a bloke of any age who's sort of coming into this journey and saying, gosh, I really need to rediscover an authentic masculinity, or I'm a young guy, I don't know what that means, I'm just starting out on the journey, or maybe I've made a mess of it. What are some of the fundamentals you think men need to do to actually develop that authentic masculinity in a meaningful kind of way?
2: One is have a look at Jesus. Mm. Um how did he live? Right. Mm. Um, what would Jesus do? Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Thanks for that. Cliche. That's good yeah. Answer to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the real answer. Um, <laughs> and then find some aspect of his character that connects with your character, right? Mm. So so find a strength that you have and build on that. This is twofold and it's kind of obvious in a way. find a strength that you have and make that strength uh, you know stronger, and then find a weakness that you have and try and eliminate it okay? yeah. and this, this could be in the moral realm or it could be it, it, it could be physically, it could be you know how frequently I read scripture right, but it could also be like we were talking earlier, am I an interesting person? do I work out yeah, you know, yeah. these sorts of things there's a whole um, range of human experience that we can um, look at and try and um, build in ourselves but, but to, 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 to boil it down. Um, be interesting, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, yep. and, and then, make and the other thing that men are good at is making a plan. Yeah, yeah. So, so don't just have don't just have vague intentions, but you know, f- find something I could be better at this, whatever this is. Yeah. So make a plan. How would some? Yeah. How would somebody wanted to get better at that? Get better at it. Yeah,
1: and make it a realistic plan too. because yeah, so, yeah. you don't want to say I'm going to become you know the Russian heavyweight. No, no, or something. no, no. <laughs> yeah. but, but you make it something that's within the boundaries of specific, your measurable, yeah. achievable, realistic yes. time frame. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just yeah. your classic smart yeah. goals. So I'd. I'd agree with all of that i'd just add to it that a lot of young blokes are are fooled into the idea that fulfillment and happiness are outside of themselves if i just get this girl or if i can just get this job or if i can just achieve this particular body shape or something uh, the build be an interesting person is a is a kind of a, a slightly lighter way of saying Build your own character. Like allow Christ to transform you. Be a person who someone wants to be a friend of, a spouse of, uh, a son or a daughter of because you have an integrity and a growth in yourself. Way to put it, Peter. And um, and look, if you work on that project, the other stuff's going to fall into place. Because but if you go chasing the girl to fulfil your dreams, you're not going to find yourself worthy of the girl when you find her
0: yeah yeah good i i like to say i think have a story to tell have a story and there's lots of ways that story can be often community is one way you Mm. know experiences with others build stories be that guy who could sit at a party and even captivate one or two people for a few moments. Mm. Reading literature, being an academic, you've got a story to tell. Uh, Teach yourself a skill. I remember the first time I had a crack at plastering. It wasn't the greatest looking uh, job. It was inside a wardrobe, thankfully. (laughs) It looked like the surface of the moon. But I remember that night going to a party with my wife and I was like, yeah, I did some plastering today. (laughs) Didn't tell them the results, but there was a sense of I have something to contribute to the world and I have a story to tell. And Whether you're an academic or it's practical or learn a skill like hunting or a hobby or or yep. whatever it is, you get give, into music. You know? become, yeah, yeah. Just you don't even have to be good at it. You just no. to appreciate it. Yeah, you sit in a room with someone who just says, "Oh, here's some trivia about some movies or some book or yeah. here's some academic thing or here's some story I had or experience I had in the bush." There's a story to, t- to yeah. tell. Right, yeah. we're drawn into that.
1: And we can be drawn into other people's stories yeah, too. If, we, if we, they're interesting. If we listen, that's, uh, yeah. that's attractive too. So.
2: And I'd say <laughs> too,
0: listen. look out for each other blokes yeah. as well. It's hard enough for a lot of blokes and we don't talk. There's a crisis of male friendlessness. Yeah. Look out for other
1: men. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a really good one. The, the mm. listening to men. Um, we don't, we're not good at doing that mm. comfortably because we tend to joke about it and, or even mock the other person. So being an ear that actually listens hard. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good stuff.
0: On that note. Chaps, thank you to both of you for, I was going to say, joining me in the studio. It's not a studio, <laughs> the room. It's. It's been, a, I've really enjoyed this. Cool. Really enjoyed yeah. this.
2: No, thanks for the invitation. Thanks yeah. for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah.